welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Puck House Podcast. And we got a lot to dive into. We're going to talk about Trevor Zegras and his contract extension with the Anaheim Ducks. We are going to be talking about that. Stay tuned for that. We're going to talk about Connor Bedard and how he is doing in the preseason with the Chicago Blackhawks. We're going to we're going to do a redraft of the 2010 NHL entry draft, the Taylor versus Tyler draft. Stay tuned for that. And we are going to continue our what if series. Our what if series uh, crowning the ultimate Stanley Cup champion. If you're confused, I'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, we're going to talk about all this and more on this episode of the Puck House Podcast. All right, now we're going to move into the roundup. And this week, uh, we've got quite a few things to talk about, both on and off the ice, that have happened this past week in the NHL. So we are going to dive right into it. First off, uh, this past week, Connor Bedard uh, has been playing some of his NHL preseason games. Now, I'm going to dive into something about it a little later on in the episode that I do want to discuss. But I'll tell you that there was, uh, during one of his games, he got a goal and two assists. And the goal, by the way, the goal was an empty netter. He was not, he didn't look happy about it. He did not look happy about it. Uh, which, you know, I mean, yeah. So, you know, I, I don't think he ever wanted to score his first goal like that on an empty netter. But, hey, you take the opportunity in front of you. But... No, I mean, Bedard, he's been playing solid in the preseason. Uh, I'm trying not to say too much because I do want to discuss something a bit later on in the episode about Bedard and particularly the media. The media on Bedard, I want to talk, I'll talk about that a little bit later on in the episode. But yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that as far as Bedard is concerned. Uh, and last week, I reported about uh, some news out of Wenatchee. Wenatchee and how their head coach, Kevin Constantine, was suspended. Well, we have, I guess, some new information about, like it was said, it was some sort of, it was, you know, I think some derogatory comments, uh, things like that, things of that nature were kind of. So, but it's severe enough that he cannot re he will have to, if he, he wants to be re like reapply to be a head coach in the WHL, he has to wait till the summer of 2025. So he's, yeah, he's been suspended from the WHL for at least two years. And there's honestly, even if he did reapply, I don't think they would ever let him back in i he's done with coaching i think in my mind in my mind he's done he's done and the wenatchee wild have now terminated his con contract officially so he is out as the wenatchee wild head coach um wenatchee they're just trying to settle into their new home and that's hard to do so with all this off ice drama i really had wenatchee as a team and I said this last week, I really had Wenatchee as a team that could make a deep run 
now I'm not sure with the off ice distractions. We'll have to see though how this all pans out and if the Wenatchee Wild will be able to bounce back from this kind of off ice drama. And also today, uh, there's some um, for uh, gamers and hockey fans uh, kind of come together. NHL 24 uh, is coming out today. It's came. It's just come out today. So that's going to be, I, I don't have the game yet, but here's the thing. Next week, next week, I will give you my honest thoughts on what I think about the game, what, you know, improvements they've kind of made to the game compared to NHL 23. I've been, you know, a fan of that series since, you know, for, for a really long time going back to like the PlayStation 3. Um, so yeah, I will give you my honest thoughts, my review next week, next week on next week's episode. But uh, yeah, today, NHL 24 comes out with uh, Colorado Avalanche defenseman Kale McCarr on the cover. Uh, some of the overalls, they're putting the overalls. They have McDavid. McD Connor McDavid is the highest rated player out of 97. Here's the thing. Nobody's stats are in a 99. Like, McDavid's speed is a 98. I really think, like, you, you notice in... NBA, Madden, like they have guys that are 99 overall. Now, I'm not saying just start putting guys at 99 overall, but I, I got to say McDavid, his speed should be a 99 in, in my mind. In my mind, it should be. McDavid should honestly be, I, I, I think you can, you can make the case for McDavid to be the 99. Make, make McDavid a 99 player. Just don't don't have any other any of the other guys be a 99 you know but ha maybe have one guy one guy who's like you know towards 99 like i don't think cross i don't think crosby even got over 96 overall they're quite hesitant on doing that i don't even think gretzky's a 99 overall in the game i think he's a 98 i could be wrong but i thought he was like a 97 or a 98 they're, they're scared to put 99s in the game. And I'm not saying go all out and start throwing out 99s, you know, all willy-nilly. But, you know, like, I think McDavid should be, you know, a 99 in, in my mind. But that that's just me. But, yeah, NHL 24 comes out today. There is some big contract news regarding uh, the Anaheim Ducks. Um, Trevor Zegras, uh, talked, I think I mentioned it briefly. I try not to talk about, I guess, the really like the insider stuff on kind of what's really happening with that kind of thing. Because honestly, I only release my podcast once a week and things change every day. So, like, I really don't like to try to touch on those kinds of stuff. Um, but I, I, I've mentioned it about that there's, you know, a bit of a dispute as far as a contract between the Anaheim Ducks and Trevor Zegras. Well, they've reached an agreement. Trevor Zegras has, he signed a three-year, $17.25 million extension 
Um, so this comes out to 5.75 million per. And honestly, I honestly think this is a good contract, personally. I think this is a solid contract. I wouldn't say a great contract, but I'd say a good, solid contract. You cannot let a guy like Trevor Zegras go. He is kind of like he's your face of your franchise. Now, to be fair, Anaheim Ducks, they are not a very good team right now. No, they are not a very good team. Trevor Zegers, though, he is a good player. And Trevor Zegers, he's probably the best player on the Anaheim Ducks right now. They got a lot of up-and-coming prospects. Trevor Zegers is the one that's the most established. Some of his creative plays, they're insane to watch. I, I gotta say, I gotta say, he's, he's so much fun to, to watch. You want to lock up a guy like that. And they didn't overpay. You know, I don't think they overpaid. Um, I think this is a solid contract. And you know what? I'm glad that they were able to ag agree on things. Like I said, it's a guy you want to keep keep on you you're on your team. You cannot let him go this young. Yeah, Trevor Zegers, what a kinda what an off season for him, you know, just like going through this whole contract thing. I hear he's dating Dixie D'Amelio too. I've been seeing things about that. I, I, I haven't mentioned it on the podcast, but I've seen it like all summer, certain like photos. Like it's, you know what? I mean, yeah, I mean, but you know what? Trevor Zegers, uh, you know, now, you know, he's got his big contract, you know, what? He, he's having a good time down in uh, Southern California, enjoying the California life. Uh, Trevor Zegras uh, signed a three-year contract extension with the Anaheim Ducks. And also, Jamie Drysdale. Jamie, Jamie Drysdale was another guy, probably their top D-man in their I'd say, like, you know, so far that's established. Although I, I honestly think, I honestly think watch out for Owen Zellweger. I got to say, Owen Zellweger, he's going to be quite a defenseman, I think, uh, when he get when he makes it to the NHL. But he has also signed a three-year extension as well. Um, so that was huge for Anaheim to get both Zegras and Drysdale locked up. That's huge. That is huge for them. So yeah, we'll have to kind of, we'll have to see how kind of the Ducks do over the next few years with their young core. I think they've got some good prospects in their system though, but I think they did, they missed out on Adam Fantilli. They missed out on Adam Fantilli there, passing on him to take Leo Carlson. Leo, I, I hey, I mean, it could work out. It could work out. We'll have to see. But I'm still kind of shocked that Anaheim decided to pass on Adam Fantilli and take Leo Carlson. But yeah, uh, two big uh, contract extensions for the Anaheim Ducks. There is something I do want to kind of bring to the atten attention of people here on the podcast that I was having a conversation with someone about this, about Connor Bedard. And... 
Connor Bedard, to be fair, phenomenal player. Phenomenal player. Phenomenal, phenomenal player. But I gotta say, like, what I'm like on social media, he's everywhere. Like, really, like, he's everywhere. I was kind of sort of misled. Like, well, there's a couple things that happened. First off, it was, did you guys see that clip of Bedard, that deke he made? Um, and, like, it was, it was all over social media. And, like, all the big, you know, sports, you know, social media pages were posting about it. And a couple things. He didn't even score on that play. It, it, don't get me wrong. It was a really nice move. But he didn't score. And the Blackhawks were losing 5 to nothing in that, in that game. Um, and then I was, look, I was watching. It was TSN. And they had the top 50 NHL players. And they put Bedard in there at number 48 without even playing an NHL game. Now, like, will he be ne next season? Oh, yeah, he'll definitely be top 50. But you cannot put him in there without even seeing how this first season unfolds. It is kind of insane. What Like, they put him above Jacob Slavin, Alex Petrangelo, two solid defensemen in the NHL. And... He hasn't even played. He's only just played a couple games preseason. That's, you know. And then I was I was seeing the Blackhawks, their game the other night. Um, and it was, yeah, like I mentioned, he got a goal and he got two assists. And I saw, first off, I saw it saying about, like, people talking about the Blackhawks, like, Everybody posting about the Blackhawks power play, Bedard's play, which, you know what? It was a nice play. And then, like, I was kind of, I was kind of misled because it was like, oh, Bedard scores his first preseason goal. And it was like, it was an empty netter. It was an empty netter. And it was just like, Bedard scores his first preseason. Like, it's an empty net goal. But, you know what? I, no hate. On Connor Bedard, you know what? I I, I I love him. I think he's gonna be a phenomenal player. I'm more like at the media. The media um is kinda you know what? Like I, I mean I partially get it. You know what? Like Bedard's a guy who brings in who brings in viewers. But okay, like it's going a little too far. The it 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 needs to stop. The, the glazing needs to stop a bit. So let's let I I just kind of want to bring that to the podcast. I think we need to just on Bedard. Let's just calm down a little bit. And and I I, I need to do the same on on this podcast. I I, I got to try to bring you kind of you know I want to bring you guys information about Bedard, but I'm not gonna make it seem like he's like you know. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to tell you what's, you know, kind of going on with Bedard. But you know what? I think we need to slow down. It's preseason. Let's wait till the regular season starts. And you know what? You know what? He, you know, we're definitely going to see probably a few Bedard highlights. 
let's just relax until the regular season. I want to bring that to the attention to the attention of you, the listeners, uh, at the podcast. But yeah, that's that's my that was my thoughts on it. Kind of last week, and then I had a conversation with someone about this. So it's like, okay, I'm I'm not I'm not alone in this. I'm not alone in this. So I better I'll bring the attention of that to the podcast. Uh yeah, that's I guess kind of my my hot take of the week. So yeah, uh, I just wanted to get that out there uh this week. All right, now we're going to move into another edition of Redraft. And today we are going to be talking about the 2010 NHL entry draft. We're going to do a redraft of that. Uh, if you're new here, how we do it, we take a look at the top 10 picks and we reorder it, uh, rearrange, reorder the top 10 picks. That is how we do it here at the Puck House. Um, so the 2010 NHL entry draft was known as the Taylor versus Tyler draft. Taylor Hall or Tyler Sagan, who's going to be taken first overall by the Edmonton Oilers pre Connor McDavid? Edmonton Oilers when the Oilers the Oilers just oh they were awful before McDavid do you remember how bad the like the Oilers were so bad for like a almost a decade before McDavid after their 2006 cup run which is kind of a Cinderella cup run because they were like an eight seed um they just completely fell off and didn't make the playoffs until 2017 after after that 06 cup run but um i still remember it was a game edmonton chicago and chicago beat them like 7-1 or 8-1 or something crazy like that fans booed as they were leaving the ice this was right in the middle of the mcdavid sweepstakes all right enough about Talking about the Oilers, kind of, kind of just roasting the Oilers. Um, yeah, Oilers are good now. Oilers are good now, but uh, back then they were not good. All right, let's get to the redraft here. Um, so yeah, like I said, it was the Taylor versus Tyler draft, and the Oilers originally they took Taylor Hall. We're going to go the other way. We're going to go the other way, and we are going to go. Tyler Sagan is going to go first overall to the Edmonton Oilers. Tyler Sagan, I mean, I mean, Tyler Sagan, very solid career with both the Boston Bruins and the Dallas Stars. Uh, Tyler Sagan, his first season, first season won a cup with the Boston Bruins. What a way to start your career. Uh, hasn't won a cup since he did make it to the cup finals with them with the Boston Bruins in 2013 where they lost to the Chicago Blackhawks in six games we actually did a moment in time on that uh the game six 2013 that finish you can go check it out a previous episode I think it was like titled 17 seconds or something like that you can go check that out though um but yeah, Tyler Sagan, then he went to Dallas, and he has been very solid. Kind of him and Jamie Benn have been the duo in Dallas for a really long time. But yeah, Tyler Sagan is going to go number one to, overall to the Edmonton Oilers. Now, 
Who's Boston going to take at number two? Well, they're going to go to Taylor Hall, funny enough. So we basically just flip-flop them. Taylor Hall is going to go to the Boston Bruins, which, funny enough, he did actually play for the Boston Bruins. Well, that's not really too, like, you know, oh my gosh, what a coincidence. Because he's, he's bounced around. He has bounced around. He is quite the, yeah, he's been bouncing around to all these different cities he was he started out Edmonton very salt like a solid stay in Edmonton stayed there for six years then everything everything changed once the Adam Larson Taylor Hall trade happened went to New Jersey where he did win the Hart Trophy stayed there for a couple years got traded to Arizona only played there for like a couple weeks was there a team in the middle? I'm trying to think. I feel like I'm missing a team, but then he went to Buffalo, Boston, Chicago. I got to take a look here. Taylor Hall. So, yeah, like I said, started out Edmonton. Then he just, last few years, he has bounced around all over the place. I feel like I'm missing a team. No, I'm not. I'm not missing a team. Okay. Yeah, he... Okay, so, yeah, I went to Edmonton. New Jersey, the Taylor Hall, Adam Larson trade, which was like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe they traded Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. That was a big, big thing, which still it was like, you know, but and then won an MVP in 2018, man, he put up almost 40 goals, 93 points, and then just kind of, and then he went to Arizona for a little bit, Buffalo, Boston and now Chicago. So he's he's bounced around. He has bounced around quite a bit, but Taylor Hall is gonna go in at number two to one of his club to two to one of his teams, the Boston Bruins. Um and now at number three, the Florida Panthers. Uh they originally took Eric Branson. We are not going to take him at number three. Instead, the Florida Panthers are going to select Jeff Skinner. Jeff Skinner. Um, Jeff Skinner. He's had he's had a very solid career. Over three hundred goals, over six hundred points. Uh, Jeff Skinner is going to go at number three. He's kind of he's honestly he was a really good player for the Carolina Hurricanes. Got. Did he get traded or did he sign with – I think he signed with Buffalo in free agency. I remember it's like a huge contract though. And then for two seasons, he absolutely faltered. Like he was putting up only like 20 points or something like that over span of like two seasons. And now he's back up again. Now he's been a very solid player for – the Buffalo Sabres. Um, but yeah, Jeff Skinner, like he's had had uh, mostly ups, but he's had but he had quite a big down a couple years back in his career. But Jeff Skinner is gonna go in at number three because he's had overall a really solid career. Now at number four, the Columbus Blue Jackets have the have the pick and they originally took Ryan Johansson. Well, we are gonna keep Ryan Johansson. At number four, Ryan Johansson. Ryan Johansson 
He has had a solid career for the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Nashville Predators. I think he's going to play on – is he playing on Colorado this year, if I'm not mistaken? I believe he signed some sort of contract with the Colorado Avalanche. But Ryan Johansson, Ryan Johansson, um, solid player, uh, over 500 points. I always remember him on the Portland Winter Hawks when he played in juniors, uh, Ryan Johansson. Um, so that kind of brings back some nostalgia for me, Ryan Johansson. But yeah, he is going to go in at the number. He's going to stay, actually. He's going to stay at the number four spot. Number five, the number five pick, the New York Islanders have that pick, and they are going to select... Mikhail Granlund, Mikhail Granlund, he is going to go in at number five, a solid career overall, um, almost 500 points over 12 seasons, he's going to go in at the number five spot, there's quite a few good forwards in this top 10, I gotta say, quite a few good top, quite a few good forwards in the top 10. Uh, and there's this is probably the last one, last like really quality forward, going in at number six to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to select Nino Niederreiter. Nino Niederreiter, the Swiss sensation. He was, he was kind of like the first big. I'd say the first big. Like you know, I remember when he played for Switzerland at the World Juniors. And he, he led him to, like, I, I forget, like, did he beat, like, was it Russia or something? Like, it was, like, a big, I'm trying to think which team it was, but it was, like, I remember it being, it was a big, big nation. And he led him to victor, victory in the World Juniors. Nino Niederreiter was also, uh, along with Brian Johansson, a member of the Portland Winterhawks, so I always kind of... Also remember him on that team. He was he such a good play, such a fun player to watch when he played in juniors. But Nino Niederreiter is going to go in at the number six. Uh, yeah, he's just over four hundred points, two hundred goals, two hundred assists. Uh, yeah, he is going to go in at the number six spot. Number seven, the Carolina Hurricanes have the pick, and they are going to select Eric Goodbranson. Eric Goodbranson, he has been overall, you know, a stable, solid defenseman wherever he has gone. Uh, so Eric Goodbranson is going to go in at the number seven spot. Number eight pick, the Atlanta Thrashers have the pick. This was the Atlanta Thrashers uh, last year. So the Atlanta Thrashers, this is their last, last pick. Uh, in our redraft series, they have been a staple kind of of the redraft series. You know, the redraft is not complete in the top 10 felt seeing an Atlanta Thrashers pick in there. Yeah, they were they were always kind of in that top 10 at that time. But they are going to select Brett Connolly. Brett Connolly, another WHL guy. Brett Connolly. Uh, and the Camelot Blazers actually had his brother, Josh Connolly, interestingly enough. But Brett Connolly, um, yeah, he played for about 11 seasons. He's not playing in the NHL anymore. Just over 500 games. Just 
over 100 goals, 101 goals, 94 assists for 195 points. He is going to go in at the number eight spot to the Atlanta Thrashers. But yeah, Brett Connolly played for the Prince George Cougars back in the day. So I remember him on that team. Number nine, the Minnesota Wild have the pick, and they are going to select uh, Russian Alexander Burmistrov. Alexander Burmistrov only played only played just over 300 games on uh, just over 100 points, 101 points to be exact. But yeah, Alexander Burmistrov is going to go in at the number nine spot. And at number 10, we're going to have the original number 10 pick of this. The original number 10 pick in the 2010 draft. Um, and they are going to, well, they this is who they selected initially. They are going to select in this redraft, stick with their pick of Dylan McIlrath. Dylan McIlrath. Yeah, Dylan McIlrath. Uh, he... He didn't do much. He only played 72, 72 games in the NHL. Three goals, three assists, six points. He was a defenseman. But yeah, so let's recap the redraft. With the first overall pick, the Edmonton Oilers are, are will select Tyler Sagan. With the second overall pick, the Boston Bruins select Taylor Hall. With the third overall pick, the Florida Panthers select Jeff Skinner. With the fourth overall pick, the Columbus Blue Jackets select Ryan Johansson. With the fifth overall pick, the New York Islanders select Mikhail Granlund. With the sixth overall pick, the Tampa Bay Lightning select Nino Niederreiter. With the seventh overall pick, the Carolina Hurricanes select Eric Branson. With the eighth overall pick, the Atlanta Thrashers select Brett Connolly. With the ninth overall pick, the Minnesota Wild select Alexander Burmistrov. And with the 10th overall pick, the New York Rangers select Dylan McIlrath. And that is the top 10, and that'll do it for the redraft. All right, now we're going to move into part three of our What If series. What if, what if, uh, if you missed... The previous two parts, go back and watch that. But before you do, I'll just explain what we are doing here. We are basically taking every single Stanley Cup champion, putting it into a big tournament, and like a big tournament bracket, and we are going to crown the ultimate Stanley Cup champion, the best of the best. So go back, watch the first two, watch the last two episodes. You could see the first two parts okay um we are in the round of 32 right now we started with 96 different stanley cup winning teams we are now down to 32 teams um we got some results to get into um so yeah we're down to 32 teams we're starting to kind of get an idea who who could possibly you know emerge to win win the win the ult win the title the ultimate stanley cup champion we are starting to so we got a couple we got games get into 
Uh, the first game was between the 2000 New Jersey Devils taking on the 1944 Montreal Canadiens. And the 1944 Montreal Canadiens win 3-1. The 1935 Montreal Maroons taking on the 1976 Montreal Canadiens. And the 1976 Montreal Canadiens win 3-1. to one. Uh, That's the end for the Montreal Maroons. Uh, if, there, if there's any people who are actually, like, who I are, well, no, you can't really be. Because, like, they last played in, like, late 1930s. So, um guess there's probably not any Montreal Maroons fans but I mean if you if you like the team I mean personally I think it, the team's kind of cool but yeah um the Montreal Maroons they are out there's no more there was only one Stanley Cup winning team from that yeah the 1976 Montreal Canadiens win three to one uh, the 2013 Chicago Blackhawks taking on the 1973 Montreal Canadiens. And the 1973 Montreal Canadiens win 3-1. to one. As you can tell, a lot of Habs teams. A lot of Habs teams. Which makes sense. They've won 24 Stanley Cups. Uh, the 1982 New York Islanders taking on the 1969 Montreal Canadiens. And the 1982 New York Islanders win 7-3 courtesy of a hat trick by Mike Bossy. Uh, the 1950 Detroit Red Wings taking on the 1979 Montreal Canadiens. And the 1979 Montreal Canadiens win 6-2. The 1977 Montreal Canadiens versus the 2023 Vegas Golden Knights. And the 1977 Montreal Canadiens win 2-0. The 2022 Colorado Avalanche taking on the 1978 Montreal Canadiens and the 2022 Colorado Avalanche win one to nothing. The 1989 Calgary Flames taking on the 1962 Toronto Maple Leafs. The 1989 Calgary Flames win three to one. The 2016 Pittsburgh Penguins taking on the 1999 Dallas Stars. The 2016 Pittsburgh Penguins win one to nothing. This one was good. The 2007 Anaheim Ducks taking on the 1957 Montreal Canadiens. The 2007 Anaheim Ducks win five to one. Now, here's the thing that I found so amusing about this game. There was like part because you could see goals, but you can also see penalties. There was a Ducks player who was who got a penalty for holding and in it the coach who's Todd Marchant um complained about the call and he got a 10 minute misconduct which i just find hilarious how that's even part of the simulation um so i wanted to point that out i found i i found that personally pretty amusing uh, the 2020 Tampa Bay Lightning versus the 1960 Montreal Canadiens and the 2020 Tampa Bay Lightning win 3-2 in double overtime. The last team of Montreal's five straight in late 1950s. The last cup that the Rocket Richard won um, has been knocked out by the 2020 Tampa Bay Lightning. That was the first of Tampa's kind of dynasty. 
1975 Philadelphia Flyers taking on the 1945 Toronto Maple Leafs and the 1975 Philadelphia Flyers win four to three in overtime. The 1984 Edmonton Oilers versus the 1930 Montreal Canadiens and the 1984 Edmonton Oilers win 9-4. So big blowout there in that game. The 1967 Toronto Maple Leafs versus the 2008 Detroit Red Wings and the 2008 Detroit Red Wings win 5-4. Got two more to go. The 1941 Boston Bruins versus the 1983 New York Islanders and the 1983 New York Islanders win 5-3. The 1958 Montreal Canadiens versus the 1970 Boston Bruins and the 1958 Montreal Canadiens win 6-2. Okay, 16 games, 16 winners. So what I'm going to do now that we're kind of we're kind of down, getting down to the nitty-gritty. We now have 16 teams. Uh, I am going to give you a preview of the next eight matches, the next eight games, and I'm going to tell you who I think is going to win it personally. I have not ran the simulation for the round of 16 yet, so this is what I think is going to happen. So the first match, first game of the of the round of 16 is going to be the 1944 Montreal Canadiens versus the 1976 Montreal Canadiens. You're going to hear quite a few Montreal teams. Um, I personally think that the 1976 Montreal Canadiens are going to beat the 1944 Montreal Canadiens. The 1976 Montreal Canadiens, um, Guy Lafleur, Kendra, that was right in the middle of the Canadiens dynasty of the 70s. Uh, I got to go with that team. The 1973 Montreal Canadiens are going to be taking on the 1982 New York Islanders. Ooh, this one's tough. I feel like this could be. I, I'm, I feel like overtime. Overtime, 1982 New York Islanders. That's what I'm going to say. I think it's going to go to overtime, though. I think it's going to be a close game. These two teams are so similar. The 1979 Montreal Canadiens versus the 1977 Montreal Canadiens. I think that's going to go overtime. I'll just say the 1979 Montreal Canadiens. But I think it's going to go to overtime. Could go either way. Uh, tw the 2022 Colorado Avalanche are going to take on the 1989 Calgary Flames. Ooh, this one's a tough one. I'm going to say I'll go, I'll go 2022 Colorado Avalanche. That team, that team was really good. You got Kale McCarr back there. You got McKinnon up front. I think Colorado Avalanche will beat the Calgary Flames. Flames. Uh, the 2016 Pittsburgh Penguins versus the 2007 Anaheim Ducks. I know Ryan Getzlaff and Corey Perry are on that Anaheim Ducks team, but I'm going to take that 2016 Pittsburgh Penguins team. Um, a lot of depth on that squad, which which I liked about that team. You had Crosby, Malk, and you had the HBK line. 2016 Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, I think take down the, the Anaheim, 2007 Anaheim Ducks. We got the 2020 Tampa Bay Lightning taking on the 1975 Philadelphia Flyers. I think the Broad Street Bullies are just going to be too much for Steven Stamkos and and company. Uh, I think they'll beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think it'll be. I think that'll be a close game though. The 1984 Edmonton Oilers taking on the 2008 Detroit Red Wings. I think the 1984 Edmonton Oilers are going to are going to get the better of them. I think honestly. 
I think the 1984 Edmonton Oilers, for me, when I first kind of put all the teams together, I was thinking a Gretzky 80s team, probably in the finals. Uh, that's the team for me. I, I think the 1984 Edmonton Oilers could win this whole thing. Uh, the 1983 New York Islanders are going to be taking on the 1958 Montreal Canadiens in the final game of the round 16. And I am going this one. Oh, I'm going to say the 1958 Montreal Canadiens. Although I know the Islanders were in the middle of their dynasty, four straight, five straight cup finals appearances. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens in the 50s, they were just a different breed. They were just a different breed. So I'm going to take the 1958 Montreal Canadiens. But what do you guys think? Who do you think is going to win it? Um, yeah, we're down to the last 16 teams. Come back next week for part four where we are going to do the round of 16. And we're going to get down to eight teams. And that'll do it for what if. All right, now we're going to move into On This Day. And on this day, uh, October 6th, there have been a couple things that have happened on this day in hockey history. Uh, first off, um, this on October 6th, 1988, on this day, Wayne Gretzky made his debut as a Los Angeles King. So two months before the trade Happened. The trade where Wayne Gretzky was sent to Los Angeles Kings. Absolute summer shocker. It was a huge trade. Apparently Wayne Gretzky was actually, he was um, house-sitting for Alan Thicke when the trade happened. Uh, and he was babysitting a 10-year-old Robin Thicke. Interesting little fact there Robin Thicke and then he went on and in 25 years on the 25th anniversary of the trade the number one song was Blurred Lines by Robin Thicke funny enough how that all all works but yeah the now mass singer judge uh kind of had a little you know inside scoop on that whole that whole trick because he was right there when that trade all when Wayne Gretzky found out that he was a Los Angeles King. I think that's a, I think that's a pretty cool story. You know how he's now, you know, pretty big, pretty big musician now. Um, but yeah, Wayne Gretzky, he made his Los Angeles Kings debut. Um, Los Angeles Kings, like they were one of the worst teams in the league. One of the lower attended attendance teams. And now it's like, boom, over 16,000 fans were in the in the forum that that night. Uh, and I think there was a lot of celebrity. There were a lot of celebrities at the game, you know, like all these big Hollywood stars are starting to show up to the games. Uh, you know, a lot of them become big fans. I know like I know even like last last postseason, Will Ferrell was, you know, I know Tom Hanks is a big fan as well. Like, you know, these big these big Hollywood stars are starting to show up at the Kings games. Uh, but, yeah, um, played with the Kings for eight years before he got traded to 
the St. Louis Blues. Um, that's kind of the one team that you forget he played for. You know he played for Edmonton, then he got traded. You know he got traded to Los Angeles, finished off his career in New York. But yeah, St. Louis was in there in the middle. Only played there for half a season, um, in the night in the second half of the 1995-1996 NHL season. But you know, yeah, that's kind of the team. That's kind of the team most people forget. If they forget any team, it's St. Louis that he played for St. Louis. But uh, that that night at the Forum, uh, Wayne Gretzky scored on his very first shot. Uh, he also got three assists. They won 8-2 to two against the Detroit Red Wings. And that season, 88-89, 54 goals, 168 points. He was just a different breed in the 1980s. But yeah, yeah, um, Wayne Gretzky. Uh, made his Los Angeles Kings debut on this day. There's quite a few debuts that have happened that have happened on this day. And a couple first like first goals too. Um Trevor Linden made his Vancouver Canucks, his NHL debut with the Vancouver Canucks on on this day. Actually, October 6, 1988, the same night that Gretzky made his Los Angeles Kings debut, a Vancouver Canucks legend did as well. Trevor Linden made his NHL debut with the Vancouver Canucks. They tied 2-2 with the Winnipeg Jets. That was back in the day where there were ties in the NHL. Ties were a thing all the way up till, till before the NHL lockout, before the NHL lockout happened. But yeah. Um, so Trevor Linden, he didn't get any, he didn't get any points that night, but he did make his debut on this day. And on this day, October 6, 1992, Eric Lindros scored his first NHL goal. Eric Lindros, um, the whole saga, the whole Eric Lindros draft saga, um, where, he like did, refused to play for the Quebec Nordiques after a year was traded to uh, to the Philadelphia Flyers in that big trade and they got they got a lot they got like Peter Forsberg out of they they got some key pieces that helped them win cups in 1996 and 2001 Eric Lindros though, scored his first NHL goal on this day October 6 1992 uh, the Flyers tied that game 3-3 three three with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mario Lemieux also scored that night in that game. But yeah, Eric Lindros, first NHL goal on this day. And speaking of uh, first goals of first overall picks, Ila Kovlachuk scored his first goal in his NHL career on October 6, 2001. Um, but, but the Atlanta Thrashers, Atlanta Thrashers, they weren't, they were never really, they weren't a very good team back that they lost, uh, four to three in overtime that night. Ila Kovlachuk, um, probably the Atlanta Thrashers have like, even just Ad Atlanta hockey has had an interesting, an interesting history 
the Atlanta Thrashers have certainly had kind of an interesting history, but Ila Kovlicek, I gotta say, was a bright spot for that for that organization. But yeah, Ila Kovlicek. First NHL goal on this day. And there are also uh, quite a few expansion teams that made their debut on this day. Uh, the Florida Panthers uh, played their first game in franchise history on this day, October 6th, 1993. It was a 4-4 tie with the Chicago Blackhawks. This was at the old Chicago Stadium. Um, the first goal in franchise history, that goes to Scott Mellonby. Scott Mellonby, kind of no, known Scott Mellonby, Couple see, he was the guy who kind of started the whole year of the rat thing and the whole tradition of throwing rats I indirectly. He didn't like go, okay, fans, just start throwing rats onto now. What happened was he was the guy, he, he killed a rat with his stick in the locker room before the game, and then he scored two goals with that same stick that he killed. And then John Van Breesbrook dubbed it a Oh, not a hat trick, a rat trick, not a hat trick, a rat trick. So, but yeah, so he, yeah, they dubbed it a rat trick. And then a fan threw a rat after he scored in another game. And then it just kind of took off from there. And then, of course, they went on that magical run to the Stanley Cup finals that year. Uh, another team, the Minnesota Wilds on October 6th. 2000 Marion Gabrick he scored his first career NHL goal um it was the first goal in franchise history for the Minnesota Wild um yeah um cuz they that was their first game uh they lost 3 to 1 that was the only goal for the Minnesota Wild that night against the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim i that logo elite that logo is elite i gotta say but yeah the minnesota wild as well along with the vegas golden knights uh they became the first expansion team to win their first game since the ottawa senators in 1992 when they beat the dallas stars two to one on october 6 2017 and the first goal scorer for the franchise james neal james neal Actually, he scored both goals, both goals that that night for the Vegas Golden Knights, and then obviously that season was magical for them. That season was magical, making the Cup final. They fell to the Washington Capitals in five games. The thing that I remember most about the Vegas Golden Knights season was um, their goal. Remember their goaltending issue. Do you, do you guys remember this? Um, Marc-Andre Fleury went down with an injury. So they had to call in their backup, who was Malcolm Subban. What, what do you know? Malcolm Subban goes down with an injury. Okay, so now they have to call in their third-string goalie, Oscar Dansk. I think that's how you say it, Oscar Dansk. Dansk? Dansk. I'm going to go with Dansk. I'm butchering the name, but yeah, he goes down with an injury as well. 
we're down we're down to their fourth string goaltender an interesting connection to this because who was that fifth string goalie that they had to i i remember this because it involved the blazers uh dylan ferguson dylan ferguson was considered the fifth string goalie for the vegas Golden knights at the time so i remember i remember this they had to i remember them calling him up and it was like like oh they have to recall him because now they're like oh they're like out of goalies it was a very weird and there was lots of memes on social media it's like like uh before you know it i'm gonna be the one going to net for the vegas golden knights and there were all these jokes and funny enough the fourth string goalie goes down with an injury like he 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 was hurt he was hurt um it wasn't like an injury, but he was hurt enough that he had to be pulled out of the game. And Dylan Ferguson made his NHL debut against the Edmonton Oilers. Um, in a, I think they lost like 7-2 to two or something like that. Um, he only faced like two shots in the fight. It was the, like the final 10 minutes of the third. Uh, gave up a goal, made a save. But it was, it was kind of a cool, it was, it was a cool story. You know, five, you know, you're down to your fifth string goaltender. That's just, in my opinion, that's an insane story. But, yeah, the Vegas Golden Knights made their debut as a franchise on this day. And that'll do it for On This Day. And that'll do it for this episode of the Puck House Podcast. If you want to stay updated on the podcast as well as get some bonus content, uh, follow the Puck House on either Instagram, Twitter, X, or whatever you'd like to call that, YouTube and TikTok, or just follow me on all four of those platforms. That's what I'd do if I were you. But uh, until next time, uh, next time to talk to you next Friday, the NHL season, the NHL regular season is underway. Get excited. And until next time, until the beginning of a new season, goodbye.